Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast. Today we're talking about asset location. Basically, what type of asset do you put in what type of account? If you get this right, you can improve your long-term after-tax returns and it makes a big difference. Get it wrong, you'll probably be okay, but really, don't overlook this. It could be real important. So let's get into it. We got Scott and Dave today. Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where we'll simplify investing and provide actionable ideas to help you navigate the markets and own your future. From retirement planning strategies in plain English to timeless investing wisdom, we'll cut through the noise and leave you a smarter investor by the end of every show. All content within the podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decision making. So asset allocation is a widely known or followed term, right? So it's an investment strategy that aims at balancing risk versus reward, or in other words, spreading or diversifying your capital across geographies, asset classes, and management styles. Um, a slightly less followed term may be asset location, which is a strategy to minimize tax, which takes advantage of different types of investments that get different types of tax treatments. So let's kind of break it down into three broad categories. So one is you have taxable accounts, which would be uh, investment or brokerage accounts. And those types of investments are uh, taxed as you go along. So as you sell, if there's a cap gains, short-term or long-term, any dividends that are distributed or any investment income. So something like from bonds um, is taxed um, as, um, as you hold the investment. Um, tax deferred would be your traditional IRAs, rollover IRAs, 401ks, where um, it goes in in the tax deferred basis um, and grows tax deferred. And then once you start distributing capital from those types of accounts, you pay tax on those at ordinary income rates. Uh, and then the third broad category would be tax exempt. So think of Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks where after-tax money goes in, it grows tax-free, uh, and it's distributed tax-free or to not taxed at all. So um, I guess good point here to have, I guess, Dave, walk us through a couple of examples of, okay. of how this could work, and then we'll, uh, we'll tie it all together in the end. Okay. I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to review this periodically with your investment advisor, maybe, and your accountant in particular. Um, because of tax rates are, are, uh, do affect significantly, you know, where, where you want to be with your investments. So, um, example would be a client who came into us who, this is a hypothetical, just for illustrative purposes. Um, he accidentally had put a tax free municipal bond fund into his IRA. Now, the problem with that even though those, that, that bond fund is tax-free, if you put it in an IRA, no matter what's in your IRA, it comes out and is taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Now, the problem there is that the, the rate of taxes on ordinary income is, is the absolute highest that exists. So, for instance, if you're um, a couple earning $100,000 a year, the tax rate's between 22 to 37% versus 15% for long-term capital gains and dividends and 0% for tax-free bonds. So obviously putting a tax-free municipal bond fund in an IRA would be a complete no-no. Um, 
When you get to other types of investments, uh, it, then there's some d- debate. Uh, for instance, uh, you could put your uh, dividend paying common stocks or stocks you're holding for long-term capital gains into an IRA. Um, when that money comes out, it will be taxed at uh, regular income tax rates. If it was outside of an IRA and you had long-term capital gains, then you're going to be taxed at, let's say, 15% versus maybe 37 uh, depending on where you fall on the tax bracket scale. Um, and another example of where you want to be careful is if you own real estate investment trust, not, not everybody understands you know, how they are taxed. The uh, real estate investment trusts pay out return of capital, but also ordinary income. So to the extent that it pays out ordinary income rates, that probably would be good to put into an IRA or a 401k because it's going to be taxed coming out of there at ordinary rates anyway. So that's just a couple of examples um, that you can take a look at. Scott, have you any other ideas of you know where the um, money, what location should be for? Yeah, I mean, so you you at times see annuities in IRAs. Um, any specific reason for that, or is that you know is that something that you would you would suggest? Um, okay. So let's say you invest in a tax deferred annuity. So you put your money into a tax deferred annuity. Now embedded in this annuity, generally speaking, there's quite a bit of uh, commissions and fees that you don't see as an investor, but the, uh, the advisor who puts you in there, he, you know, he gets paid for putting you in there. So that automatically puts you at a disadvantage because those fees have to come from somewhere. And ultimately they're going to come from your investment returns or, Put you in a situation when you're locked into this investment over a number of years, sometimes as long as 10 years, where there are surrender charges. So uh, now an annuity is a tax deferred entity already. Mm-hmm. Um, so the money would grow tax deferred. So you put a tax deferred annuity into a tax deferred IRA, it seems like it may not be, you're sort of d- duplicating your efforts there. So I would think it makes more sense to put a tax deferred annuity not in your IRA and just invest in, you know, I mean, if you're looking for stability and guarantees, um, I guess I can see if that's all the money you have is your IRA or 401k and there is no other money and you want that stability or that guarantee, those guarantees, then I guess you could do it. But if you have any choice in the matter, I, w- I would definitely not do that. What do you think, Scott? Right. No, I think that makes sense. So, so I guess from, from a preferential perspective, um, from a taxable account, you're probably going to look at things like tax-free munis or municipal yep. bonds, right? Or municipal bond funds. Mm-hmm. Um, from a single stock perspective, particularly if you have more of a of a long-term view, um, that would also be taxable. Um, index funds, ETFs, uh, particularly ones that are are uh, more passive or longer term orientation, um, taxable account also there would be a preference uh, if possible. And then um, that does also, you know, anything that's in a mutual fund or a separately managed account that is somewhat tax managed or low turnover would also be um, appropriate for taxable, correct? I think so, yeah. Anytime we can get dividend income or long-term capital gains, Speaking, you're better having that being in a taxable account. Right. 
Now, the issue is a lot of people have the bulk of their money in their IRA or 401k, and they don't have much choice. But if you have a choice, that's right. Yeah. Long-term capital gains and dividend income producing stocks should probably be, um, you know, if you have the choice, put them in a taxable account because you get better tax treatment. Once it goes into the IRA, everything coming out is going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates, which we're trying to avoid. Right. Now, right. There's two different kinds of IRAs. So you have the Roth IRA and a Roth IRA. And some people are asking me questions about, and it comes up, it comes up not frequently enough because this is a topic that should seriously be looked at. What do you put in a regular IRA and what do you put in a Roth IRA? Now, I think there, if you're doing short-term trading, let's say you're actively trading your account, Scott, what do you think for that? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, um, well, I think if you're either guess, assuming assuming your short-term training and you're profitable, <laughs> um, I, I guess w- wouldn't a Roth be appropriate for that? I think both. I think both. Okay. I actually kind of digress a little bit. If you're looking for short-term trading, it, 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 whether you're in a Roth or a regular IRA, you can at least defer paying the taxes on these short-term gains. Right. Short-term gains are taxed at ordinary rates anyway. So if it's in a Roth or a regular IRA, um, you at least can defer the taxes on the short-term gains for as long as you have your IRA. The, what comes into question is if you have a Roth and a regular IRA, what types of investments should go in each? So my thinking is that if you have investments you think are really going to take off, I mean, you're sure this is the, these are the stocks yes. that are going to take off that have exponential potential for gain. That should go into a Roth IRA because no matter how much profit you make, yes, if you have it in a Roth IRA, it's never going to be taxed ever. So yes. that's, yeah. So wouldn't it make sense there? Yes. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, so anything, so anything that, that shorter term focused, income focused, where it's taxed at an ordinary rate, right? You're, you're suggesting it has to go into a tax deferred or tax exempt mode. Exactly. Right. Right. Now, you know, again, if you have the choice and you have a Roth and a regular IRA and you have to, you know, because every time you take your money out of a regular IRA and put it into a Roth, you pay tax on the money you take out of the regular IRA to go into the Roth. So you're going to have, so if you're if you're willing to take the tax it to take the money out of your regular IRA and put it into a Roth and put that money that you're putting into the Roth into something that has the highest growth potential and leave the more modest or stable growth type of investments in the regular IRA with the idea that you know when you retire your your income level will drop and that you'll be at a lower income tax rate. So the tax hit coming out of the IRA won't be as bad. Yes. What we don't know is how much is Uncle Sam, your, your IRA partner, going to want to take when it comes time for you to retire? And I don't know, Scott, what do you think about the potential for higher long-term? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you should be open-minded enough to think that it could it could be completely possible, right? And so in the great part about the taxable side, particularly if you're um, if you're investing in more growth oriented things is you have a bit more control as to how and when that's taxed, right? So you can decide when you want to sell something, whether to harvest a loss or to, uh, to crystallize a gain. Um, you can kind of do that along the way when it comes to tax deferred uh, types of accounts, traditional IRAs. Um, there's going to come a point in time where you're required to take money out of that, right? So you're going to be forced to 
um, to liquidate and distribute a portion of that over a period of time. And, and then you really have no control as to what that tax on that is. It's going to be taxed at ordinary rates, whatever they, whatever they are at that time. Right. Yeah. So, so you do have a, a bit of control when it comes to the taxable account, which, um, which I think is, is uh, something to consider. Right. I mean, if in a regular taxable account, you have the ability to, you know, again, take losses if you need them or take gains when you think it's appropriate. Um, we don't want the tax tail to wag the investment dog. I mean, you know, people make the, make decisions based on taxes that they have, may have. I mean, this happens frequently. People have a big gain in a stock or a mutual fund and they delay taking the gain because they don't want to pay the taxes. Then they wait until the investment drops back to a loss and now they don't have to worry about taxes anymore. So you do have to be careful not to let taxes be your total guiding decision-making process. Yes, yes. Um, so I, th I think in, in conclusion or in summary, I think it's something that um, needs to be considered. Uh, I think everybody should sit down and take a look at to where the location or the posture of their assets are and then, um, and then take a look at where the most appropriate places to save are and then to uh, with each of those pots of savings, then what are appropriate kinds of investments that um, that each fits into to um, potentially um, you know help uh, create more efficiencies and, and hopefully uh, more consistent growth over time. So what we could do, Scott, if you want to, or I can do it, just go down the list that we're looking at a chart and just go right down the list and just uh, sum it up. Yeah. So um, let's kind of circle back around. So start at the top. Yeah. So for, for taxable, um, we're looking at locating assets that uh, or, or allocating assets to those types of accounts that are tax exempt or munis, uh, long-term equity uh, stocks that you want to hold for a long period of time, uh, ETFs, uh, particularly passive or index. And then um, anything that's a tax managed type of strategy um, from a uh, tax deferred or tax exempt perspective, it would be REITs, real estate investment trusts, uh, which do uh, give off an income component, um, higher turnover stocks uh, in funds. So things that are more traded short term or strategies that are more active. And then anything that's fully taxable on the fixed income side, so corporate bonds, uh, treasury bonds, things like that, um, where um, it's going to be uh, taxed at ordinary rates. That's a good summation. So I think that kind of concludes what we're talking about. Basically, consult with your advisor, your accountant, to uh, you know make sure you have the investments that you own in the right right accounts. Try to reduce your taxes. So until next time, goodbye for now. Bye for now from Scott and Dave. Email us at investsmarterpod at gmail.com with questions to be highlighted on the show. Thanks for listening and keep investing smarter.